the Recruitment Roller Coaster podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and today I'm joined by Yvette from Alien White. So thank you for coming into the studio today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, so I know we were just chatting before we started this, but where I always like to start is uh, where your career started in recruitment. So um, how did I know on your LinkedIn? You've yeah. been in recruitment for over a decade, yes, right? Sorry, right? Sorry to remind you. Um, but um, how... How did you? So, as you as you're telling me, you obviously originally from South Africa. Yeah. Um. So, how how did you get into the world of recruitment? How how did that happen? Um. It was a typical story, really. I I fell into it. Okay. Um. So obviously, I moved over to the UK quite a few years ago. Um. And then I actually, after two years of working, um, decided to do my degree over here. So okay, I started cool. a, a full time degree. Um. But needed obviously something to supplement that. Yeah. Um. So I. Applied for for many roles and um, eventually joined what was sort of a a startup company in their first year. Um, So they specifically recruited for the Middle East. Okay, nice. Um, So none of it was done face-to-face. It was very much a phone-based role. Um, And I actually started my recruitment career part-time, which is unheard of, you know, most Why was people... it part time? Did you have a family? You well, no, family because or? I um, studied full time. Oh, okay. So you had I, to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I couldn't really work full time. Sure, sure. Um, so, and it's, it's it's unheard of. You know, a lot of people think yeah. you can't do recruitment mm. um, part time. So, <laughs> yeah, I started off. Um, we were based in Fulham. Um, it was it was literally myself and the the two owners. Oh wow! Um, and I didn't really have a lot of training, so to speak. Sure. It's not like it is now. Yeah. Um, and it was very much a case of there's the phone, this is what you need yeah. to so achieve. Did you start resourcing pretty much from day one, or was yeah. it you didn't admin stuff? Or was no, you on the phone? not at oh, all. Okay, yeah, okay. straight on the phone. Nice. Um, they gave me an overview of the types of conversations I can expect, what to do. Yeah. Um, gave me an overview of the market um, because we were sort of generalists. I didn't have a specific wow, okay. focus, um, but all the only focus was it was the Middle East, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so dealing with quite a, a wide range of people from Westerners all the way through to Middle Eastern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so quite a challenge there sometimes in terms of conversation. For sure. Um, massive challenges in terms of building relationships because yeah. it's all done over the phone. Yeah, that's difficult. There was nothing on Skype. Um, wow. You know, and I think that's where I sort of realized my strength um, was, was the... building relationships. Yeah, 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 okay. Because I didn't need to be in front of someone. To, oh, okay, to... so you did that quite well over the phone. Yeah, oh, very nice. well. I, okay. I got people to, to sort of buy into me nice. straight away and, and, and kind of listen to what I had mm. to say. Um, so that's kind of how I, I started. Nice. What was... Because um, I know um, South Africa, there's a lot of recruitment's big over there, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah I, I remember some of the first people I spoke to on this podcast were South African, actually. And um, what was your perception of recruitment? before you got into got into it did you have any perception at all was it i don't know did you I, what do you think it was i had no perception okay. of it at all uh, to be honest with you i didn't actually know it existed <laughs> as an industry yeah, okay. because i'm from actually from quite a small town in south africa okay. and you don't have recruiters there yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very much a city based and you, role you, you know the people yeah. and all that um, cool. I remember when I applied for for the job, it it just sort of said, um, you know, you'll have the opportunity to earn some really good money, yeah, yeah. which was the biggest factor because I was putting myself through university. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that was a big driver for you. Yeah, and okay. it, it kind of said it would be very varied. Um, mm. You know, you could do loads of different things. You'd speaking to, you know, one day speaking to executives all yeah. the way through down to graduates. So yeah. that that was kind of all really exciting, but I never really knew 
what it what was, was or what was coming. Okay, cool. <laughs> and, so, until day one. <laughs> so what? Um, so what happened when you, did you? So obviously, did you graduate and then and then did recruitment end up being your career or how did it all plan out? Yeah. So um, I spent just over three years with that company. Okay. Um, did it grow? Yeah, it, it kind of got to a point, I think we were 10 people okay. um, at one point, but they actually then decided to move to the Middle East. Oh, wow. Um, it that made makes more sense. sense for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was actually offered a job to, to go out to Dubai. Oh, wow. Um, but I was actually quite happy here. Um, didn't really want to make that move. Yeah. Um, and then I actually joined, um, which was then one of James Khan's oh, okay. uh, groups. Yeah. Um, and I spent another four years there, and I actually joined that business to set up their international oil and gas division. Oh, nice. So is that, did that end up becoming your niche? Um, it did for a while, um, but then I actually, because the business was quite a technical business in terms of the built environment, yeah. um, they wanted me to be a bit more aligned with what they did. What they did, okay. Um, so I actually transitioned more into the construction ah, sector. okay. Um, so dealing so with was you just been was you a three sixty consultant for for that yeah, yeah. okay full cool. three sixty from cool. day one um, I I had to naturally relearn quite a few things because yeah. it was a different style of recruitment for sure all of a sudden I was much more face to face with people than yeah. what I was how did you find that did um, that help or it was much better I enjoyed it a lot more um, but I had to unlearn Learning, a lot unlearn. of things yeah, yeah because okay. it's not the same style mm. um, you yeah. know it's much more process driven yeah um, and I was also used to very big fees yeah. um, because of the, the sort of yeah, the, the, yeah. the sectors I worked in. Um, so it was a bit of a, a learning curve, um, but I actually think it made me a better like recruiter. That. Well, that's interesting. Something I wanted to, I'd like to uncover there, just through the job I do now and the agencies I speak to, when they're hiring for their own business, um, a lot of them actually say that they'd actually, their preference um, normally is to get non-experienced people yeah. for that exact reason, right? That you have to unlearn things, you have bad yeah. habits, you have preconceptions, etc. So how did, how did you go about unlearning? Like, what, what was that process like? How did you, do, do you know what I mean? Because it's very easy, I think, especially in the recruitment sales world, it's very easy to think, oh, no, no, what are these guys on about? I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's very easy to default to that. Can't teach me anything. Yeah, exactly. So how, how how did you unlearn? Like, what was the process? What what helped you to do that? Do you know, I was quite fortunate because the, the business had um, a, a very good learning and development director. Nice. And okay. they were actually very good in terms of um, their sort of training programs. Cool. And so I made sure I attended every single training program I could get nice. onto. Okay. Um, because, yes, I knew how to business develop and I, I knew how to speak to candidates but the level of questioning was different yeah. um, you know it was a different market yeah. so I also did a lot of self-learning just in terms of the technical side Sex of my market uh, yeah right? um, you know I can't be speaking to someone in the construction industry without knowing yeah. what they do it go right over my head yeah um, well people do that now though you know right yeah. so pe- I mean that's something that I've spoken about a lot on here and thinking back so I went from the insurance industry to recruiting and insurance so I had okay. a good grounding yeah, yeah. But when I've spoken to, uh, for example, some rec to rex on this show, one of the biggest things that they've noticed is that, let's say, for a, we were talking earlier about graduates have people no recruitment experience, mm. the the training is heavily on the recruitment process, how to qualify candidates, how to BD, etc. And then secondary is actually the sector knowledge, where, hang on a minute, actually that should be as important. Yeah. Or, do, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, for exactly yeah. what you just said. And yeah. then only the, the recruiters who... I'd say that do have that drive, do have that hunger, that and that ambition to be the best are going to do that self 
that self help and self development yeah, of exactly, their yeah. sector because yeah. they know they're going to be equipped the right things. Yeah. Um. So how was that process for you then? So you had to learn a lot more about the yeah, construction industry. It was just um. You know, fortunately, it wasn't that long ago, so there was a lot of information on the web. Nice. Um, but it was also just talking to candidates yeah, and, and kind of not being me. afraid to say, do you know what, I actually don't understand mm. that. Can you just explain it to me? In well, candidates terms? like talking about it. Like, it makes them feel who good, doesn't? right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love talking good. about it? Um, but yeah, it was, it was literally just watching a lot of YouTube, nice. um, Googling. You know, I, I actually, um, I did a qualification in quantity surveying. Oh, wow, um, love that. So I invested that time because my focus was quantity surveying, yeah. basically. Um, I like that. Yeah, so I did a qualification so that I literally got down to the nitty gritty of the yeah, role. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it helped. Do you feel like that gave you a competitive edge? That was going to be my next question. Yeah, yeah. it did. Um, because when, you know, someone started talking about, you know, everything that could go wrong and, and what they look for, I, I, I immediately can have that conversation back. Nice. Um, you know, and it looked quite good that someone who specialises in that area Definitely. is almost half well, qualified. It's obviously, it. I think a big challenge um, in the recruitment industry and which every recruiter faces is is that having that credibility. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? It's until you build trust and you build a relationship, that's when you get that credibility. But if you're going in there and, as you said, you've gone the extra mile to understand the industry you're recruiting, and also it's actually, I've actually taken time out of my time to learn about your industry, and, that, and that's why I'm an expert, and that's yeah, why I can listen exactly. and make some, um, give you good advice. Um, so I like that. that that's really good. Um, yeah. Cool. So, so you was there for four years, and then where did you go after that? So what happened after so that? So after four years, um, sort of a natural move. Um, they actually wanted to align uh, me more with the UK market because I was okay. still the only oh. international. Oh, was you still recruiter? international, but construction? Yeah. Oh, nice. okay. um, and they they sort of said um, it would probably make more business sense if I aligned myself with okay. the UK market so I probably spent another year um, there in the UK market. Do you have market. to rebuild your client base um, or did they have a lot well, of offices in the UK? Luckily the way I approached the market is I made sure I worked with multinational companies nice. um, that had bases HQs in and, London. Yeah good, yeah. good idea. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the way I approached it so I spent another year there focusing on the London market um, and then got headhunted by um, another smaller business um, quite niche within the sort of design space in okay. terms of architecture and interiors um, and I joined them to actually set up their professional construction nice. desk um, from scratch well they had or some legacy a work in this sectors? a little bit um, and they had done that specific market probably a good year year okay. and a half ago so I wouldn't say it was kind of you know walking into a yeah, live yeah, environment yeah. Um, so there was some legacy work there but it was it was almost just starting from scratch again mm. um, you know ground zero off you how go long was you, how long did you do that for um, so I only spent uh, nine months with that particular business um, during those nine months I actually because I actually did a HR degree um, oh is that what you studied then oh, okay. yeah so okay. I um I always wanted to go internal oh, okay. um, and over the course of those nine months I, I just sort of started thinking well I'm, I'm good at relationships um, and it wasn't just you know either with a candidate or, or the client side yeah. I was good at both yeah um, and I, I, I kind of seen through my years of recruitment um, how bad the talent can sometimes be that comes through the door mm. and how badly people can be treated when they yeah. come through the door so I thought if I can make even the smallest bit of difference to that yeah. um, you know then, then that's kind of nice. a, a long long way to go um, so then I decided to go internal um, cool. so I've known Aylan White or the guys at Aylan White for quite a few years um, and when I decided to make that move um, they found out I was looking um, mm. and naturally we sort of came nice. together and had that conversation so a few things that I wanted to ask you through that story so the first thing because it seems like you did it 
a few times. Um, what what so for example when you went from the international to the UK, I know you said you were a bit smart with the guy the people that they had offices in London, etc. But and then obviously you went to set up a, another desk and then you realised had the realisation in, internal that's actually really um, appealing. But what what because I'm I'm sure that happens a lot and if you speak to experiential recruiters as well, mm. it happens where this sort of prospect of building something of your own like building a new desk I'm sure that that appetizes a lot of people yeah. right so and it seems like you've had experience in doing that what what advice would you give to to uh, people who have gone you know what I'm, I'm up for it I'm up for that challenge I'm up for starting again what what advice would you give to those people that have to start a desk from scratch uh, yeah um, I definitely think you need to look at the, the business you're going into, okay. um, whether there's any sort of opportunity for you to plug into what they do or yeah. feed off of what they do. If there's do. any crossover. Yeah, if there's any relationships, um, mm. you know, or I- anyone um, that you can link into. I think that's quite important yeah. because, you know, going into a market that's completely new, but also there's no link to the business at the moment, yeah. that will be, be very tough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's quite important, but it's also just making sure for yourself that you actually have the drive to do that because yeah. it's a tough task yeah, yeah. Um, you know you probably won't be seeing any returns within your first two three months of, of doing yeah, it it's a sure. lot of just building work yeah um, and if you don't have that sort of mindset of right I know I'm not going to make money for the first few months but then it could be great afterwards yeah, and if yeah. you approach it with um, the long-term mindset. yeah exactly yeah. Um, I think you definitely need to look towards yourself and mm. see whether you've got that drive to to be able to yeah. do that because not a lot of people do. Mm. Um, do you think? Do you think um, people make that move because they they just I don't know a bit bored of their environment or I don't know they want something fresh and then they're like oh shit this is actually well harder than I thought. Yeah, sometimes the, I I've certainly seen that. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen people um, get tired of desks or they're not mm. making money anymore. Um, yeah. But sometimes it's actually just looking at why you're not making money on that desk. Yeah, Maybe it's just question. a twe- a tweak of the. The process or maybe mm. you're you're skipping a, a step um yeah. it's not necessarily always to say that that desk doesn't suit you anymore or yeah, you're bored yeah. of it um there's always something that can be done um mm. but i've certainly seen people go from desk to desk to desk yeah, and just yeah. never finding a home mm. um and eventually then leaving the industry because yeah. they just get so That's fed true. up yeah so the other thing i wanted to uncover then and i think if you used because i were i've always i always worked in the agency side so a lot of people, I'm sure you may have heard this before, but um, agency recruiters, it's very easy for them to go, yeah, internal recruiters, they're just shit agency recruiters. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that, yeah. right? So um, I, had, I said about this the other day, um, I had um, uh, some guys on from an agency, one was an internal recruiter for the business, and mm. one worked for them. And yeah. for me, it's pretty much what you said, and my opinion of it is that well, hang on a minute. It's it's actually having a bit of humility and just playing to your strengths. So yeah, what you said there, right, exactly, is yeah. um, I was great at building relationships. Now, um, what I also recognise is the businesses I work for, they they actually struggled to get the right people in the door. And um, as you said, it's the relationships part that's really important internal piece. Yeah, exactly. So well, yeah, what's your view on that? Because it's it's easy to say, right? It's yeah, easy to... it's very much. I mean, like, like you said, the old adage of you know the crap and yeah. recruiters go into internal. Um, Certainly, it's not for the money. <laughs> I guarantee you that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it is. Uh, not everyone's going to be a great recruiter. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you could spend years in the industry, 
earning very averagely, maybe yeah. not being very happy in what you do. Um, or you could just make that decision mm. like I did and go, I know what my strengths are. Um, I've seen some issues in the industry. Yeah. Let me go and try yeah. and rectify that. Another just um, just thinking now, perspective of it also, and I'm just talking from experience here. Obviously, over time, you, you do build relationship, re relationships with clients and candidates. And there are times where you feel really valued and there are times where you're like, I can't believe you're treating me like this. Yeah. <laughs> so how has it gone from, because I'm sure obviously agency side, because I always worked in perm, I didn't have a contract book or whatever. Right, so yeah. what I've learned, speak to people and, and my boss here, Sean, who had a big contract book is like, when you have those guys who you help get jobs loads of times yeah. or whatever, there is more of a solid relationship, sure. right? Yeah. Um, but how is it, do you feel like being part of a business, like getting talent through the door, there is that sense of, you know what, I actually do feel more valued. I don't know, is it a bit more easier to feel valued? Do you get what I mean? Is it a bit more... Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly make a point of um, keeping track of people's um, sort of careers within our business yeah. once they join. I don't just get them through the door and then leave yeah, yeah, them yeah, yeah. To, to get on with it. I make sure that I always, um, you know, stay in contact with them mm. and, and, you know, help them and find out how they're doing. Um, you do build a better relationship. Um, I, I would like to think I'm not a very salesy internal recruiter okay. although i work in the recruitment industry yeah. um i'm not a very pushy person yeah. uh, you know i've been speaking to candidates for well i've been there nearly two years now for about a year and a half yeah um and and someone actually said to me the other day it's the first time that they've they've ever had a conversation with an internal recruiter who isn't pushing them nice, to yeah. come and interview yeah. um, because I naturally want people to get to that point themselves because if I have to convince you to come and see me or convince you to join the business it's, not, it's no, already starting people, yeah, yeah, yeah no exactly so um yeah you, I think you do build better relationships with people because it's over a long period of yeah, time yeah, yeah. um but I think the same could be said on the agency side um, you know I, I ran perm desks as well um and I used to make a point of staying in contact with yeah. Yeah, yeah. for years and for sure. I've sometimes placed people twice over yeah, from yeah, doing yeah. that um, so I think it's, it's there's similar traits mm. um, I think the only difference is now they join your business and, yeah, and yeah. you can so, then see yeah. them succeed so what um, I'd love to get from your experience so what what new challenges come with being an internal recruiter? Because there's still challenges, right? It's not easy. Yeah. It's not easier. No, it's not. No. So what, 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 what have you had to adapt to? Um, because obviously you're now in a business, you know what jobs you have, you know the client inside out. Mm. So, so what, what new challenges come with that that you've had to overcome? There's nowhere to hide. Nowhere to yeah. hide. Nice. <laughs> yeah. like you know, the hiring manager's sitting right there. Okay. Um, it's also, it's a, it's a different conversation because you're not just thinking, right, can this person make money? Do the facts and the figures mm. stack up? But you also have to think from a cultural point of view, yeah, of are course. they going to fit into the business? Mm. Um, you know, are, are they going to be someone who's going to build the company with us long term? So there's mm. so much more responsibility um, mm. in terms of bringing who you bring in. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, with a, a recruiter, um, you know, you kind of find the talent, but it's up to the client to decide yeah, yeah, whether yeah. they're a good fit. But now you have all that responsibility. Mm. So that okay. was quite a, a big adaptation. Um, but also, I just think it's, I mean, we work in a challenging sector. Um, yeah. You know, I think the perception of recruitment still is what it is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't think there's a lot being done to change that perception. Mm. Um, we're and, trying here, Yvette. We're trying yeah, here. Yeah, right. yeah. This, is a big, this is a big part of this. <laughs> yeah. This is why I started it. Um, but we, we do a lot, um, like I mentioned earlier, um, going to, you know, university campuses and mm. going to schools even yeah, um, to actually that. start bringing recruitment 
onto those campuses because yeah, yeah. it's not being publicized. It's, you know, people aren't being made aware of what a recruitment career could mean yeah. to them. Um, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, it, it was just a, a job you did for a few years to earn a bit of money and yeah. then you went off and did the actual thing you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's become a career 100%. and you can actually build businesses. So how, how do you... Um out of curiosity then how so when you I, I love the fact that you guys are doing that I think that's brilliant how do you position recruitment then so how do you position to recruitment to these people who have no context on what it is right how do you I'd be because th- this is a big reason why I started it because this whole podcast and everything I did because when I I, I was part of the one percent that wanted to get into recruitment because I got into sales and I was like right I love this mm. the fact that I can work harder than the person next to me and get more money yeah. I'm sold like, <laughs> yeah. I'm up for it and yeah. um, it's the first time I experienced that and then and then, um, yeah, I got into insurance, became an insurance broker, sales again, all new business. And then one of my friends left the insurance to go into recruitment. And he essentially sold me the dream, right? Mm. So at this point, the skills I had were phone-based. I didn't really have any face-to-face skills. Yeah. I could um, close someone on a product. Uh, but again, it was a product which was tangible. It, it was insurance. Sure, so yeah. yeah. So um, my friend, I was like, well, what's recruitment like? Well, you get to meet people, you network. Yeah. Um, the, the person is the product. Yeah. It's a longer sale. You can't just close someone in one call, obviously, because it was perm that I was in, um, ended up doing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, right, wicked. So the skills it can give me are the face-to-face skills. I can network. I can. I, I thought in my head is just experiencing the longer sale, the consultative mm. sale, as opposed to, hi there, yeah, I've got a cheap price for you, blah, 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 and close them on the, on the phone yeah um so that's why i was interested in as you should always do is you research right so yeah, i was course, like right yeah. what, what the hell is this recruitment thing then what what can i learn and <laughs> my perception at that point was you can earn a shitload of cash quick yeah you take your clients or whoever out a lot you're yeah. networking all the time you're out on on the piss a lot of the time all that and what i saw online is you get to go ib for every quarter yeah <laughs> <laughs> i see that everywhere True. right yeah. so i was like i'm up for this yeah and then got into recruitment, loved it. First 12 months, I was like, oh my God, this is so hard. This is so hard. <laughs> yeah. So, and also... No dur- one told you that. Yeah, during that, during that period, um, because of the industry I recruited for, we recruit for sales roles. And I saw people, they consider people without insurance experience. So I'd find CVs and it'd be like recruitment three months, recruitment two months, recruitment six months. I was like, mm, what, what is going on here? Yeah. And then it met, just a light bulb went off. I was like, you know what? It's because that perception isn't true and that's just what led me on which snowboard to well hang on a minute let, let's just be honest here and just create a place where people can actually learn from others and actually learn about the failures the yeah. hard times because the hard times are there but the good times are as well yeah and exactly, not many yeah. people talk about those hard no, times right yeah so um how do you position recruitment like what well, how do you yeah. position it when someone goes oh vet what's recruitment then what is this and i'm a 16 <laughs> year old guy who's eager well how do you position it um it is difficult i mean one thing i or, or we as a business try and not do um is focus on i mean we've all got incentives you know we've all got a list yeah. of the same ins- we've all got table tennis tables yeah, we've all we've got, all got the best commission this. structures yeah. you know we've all, all got all of that um but the one thing that is not the same is the people 100%. in the business That's um, our biggest asset yeah everyone, everyone has a different culture a different personality on the floor um, and that's what we focus on Um, we are a family-owned business Um, you know the two two brothers um, you still own the the business Um, so so we have a very kind of family orientated environment Um, and that's what we sell we sell our people we sell our success stories Um, you know we we sell people's um, careers and and where they were and and where they are now and how far they've gotten to um, so that's always your go-to 
And that is, is that always proven the to be successful? Is that is it? Yeah. People connect with it. Obviously, you always do a little right hook of yeah. Look, this is a success story, and by the way, you can earn good money, right? Yeah. You always let them know that, but that shouldn't be what you lead with, right? No. Yeah. yeah. This exactly. is what I made a video about it recently. Is like. It is that, you know, it is in recruitment. It's, it's that gut feeling. It's that, you know what, that feels right. And yeah. People aren't going to join um, your business, your agency, over a competitor because you've got beanbags on the table. table. No. It's just not going to happen. That is, that <laughs> Everyone isn't. has it. So. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, that's interesting. So, um, so when you joined then, how many headcount were you? How many people did you have at Alien White when you joined? Um, I think when I, when, we, when I joined, I'm sure we were 18 okay. in total. Yeah. And you what are you now? Um so we're about twenty five. Okay. Um and we're we're still growing. Um like I mentioned previously, a lot of our growth um is looking at the entry side. Okay. Um you know, we want to be in a position where sixty percent of the people who work for us are homegrown. Oh nice. Um, we've got a very specific way of working. Um, you know, the, the training we have is is excellent. We've got our own um in house training platform and it's all very um sort of blended learning there's Mm. videos and quizzes and games so it's all very millennial um and we yeah we're so a big big part of our recruitment drive is is always looking at entry talent um, because we can mold them and we can teach them how to do recruitment the way we do it yeah okay so um two questions then what are the what do you think in your time through being a recruiter yourself what 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 do you think are the, the key traits that make a successful recruiter Obviously, you, you, yeah, what are the key traits you think? that I think the two biggest things is work ethic yep. and personality. Okay. Um, everything else in recruitment, in my opinion, can be taught. Mm. I can teach you how to sell. I yep. can teach you the recruitment process, but I can't teach you how to be on time for work. Yeah. And I can't give you a personality. <laughs> Those <laughs> yeah, things are things that you develop for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think if you've got the right work ethic... You're naturally a people's person. You yeah. don't mind speaking to absolutely anyone. Yeah. Um, then I think you'll be successful because genuinely you can learn how to do yeah, recruitment without a doubt. Um, okay. And the second one I wanted to ask was: so um, with you communicating, as you, you use the word millennial, there, what what challenges do you face as an internal recruiter trying to communicate to these people? Because what, like, for example, how do you communicate to these people? Right? Is it all traditional? Like, is it hitting the phone? Yeah. Is it LinkedIn? Like, it is interesting. What challenges do you see? I actually went to a seminar um, the other day which sort of explored exactly this topic. Um, mm. And the whole drive is obviously going onto social media. Oh, you know, sure. It's Facebook, it's Instagram, it's Twitter, it's all these platforms. Yeah. But 84% of young people still prefer to submit an application form and a CV yep. to a company. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit of a catch-22 because how much do you do on social media versus... Just you know the traditional sort of sourcing methods. I think it's um, got to be a blend of both. Yeah, we it's, it's we certainly do a bit of both. Um, so we'll you know very active on on LinkedIn, yeah. um, Twitter. We we run a lot of um, sort of campaigns on campus as well nice. with universities. Um, we'll attend as many sort of grad fairs and networking events as we we can. Yeah. Um, and then you know the kind of just direct sourcing people. Um, yeah, yeah. you got to still do that. I think. Yeah. Now, this is what I always tell people is like, and this is what I learned. How I ended up here was that I ended up doing. I learned all the normal stuff, and then I just naturally I was like, how the hell can I get more candidates and clients and make more money? Oh right, okay, so I can post <laughs> this and I reach more yeah, people. I, yeah. I'm, I can't reach a thousand people in one day during no. doing the phone. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's got to be a blend of both. And recruiters, are, as you said, the group, the best ones have the work ethic, they have the personality. So 
if you have a blend of marketing, you grab people's attention and that means that you're still being proactive and you're having the phone calls, mm. it's just more about gain, getting inbound stuff. Like yeah. if I think like, for example, like when I am um, working here and I, I, we still do proactive calls and um, all that. But the amazing thing is, is that through marketing and through branding, and I'd honestly say 90% of the people that I call and I've never had a conversation with before, will have some sort of context on sure, who yeah. I am or who work for, and that helps. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking, because I was reflecting on it the other day, I was like, because you still, and I'm sure you get it, like, when it's like BD, essentially, like, I still get that little anxious feeling in my stomach. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's weird. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, fuck, I've got to pick up the phone. But you've you got to do it. Yeah. But, um, and then, obviously, I had a few conversations, and then it's always, when you get on the phone, you have a chat, it's like, oh, that wasn't that bad, was it? No, yeah. Um, and that's the first thing as well, when people start, and I found that really hard initially, the BD part, but... Um, but yeah, and then I was like, shit, this would have been so much easier if I, as a recruiter, it wasn't just trying to build that credibility from day sure, one. Yeah. Um, it just helps. You still got to do it and put in the work. But um, okay, cool. So question, where, obviously you've been in the, worked in the industry for a while now. Yeah. Where, where do you see it going? Like what, obviously I feel there's changes going on and all that. It's obviously definitely changed. Where, where do you see recruitment in the next sort of five years? It's definitely, I mean, it's even just evolved in the 10 years I've been yeah. in the industry. Um, I mean, if you look at the sort of lack of training and development 10 <laughs> years ago to yeah. the sort of over training and development yeah. um, that's going on at the moment. Um, so I think there's certainly a balance to be found there. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely changing. I think um, it's a lot more about quality. Mm. Um, you know, no client wants to have a BD call with someone who has no clue what they're talking no, about. No um, you know, we're you're 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 in a people focused industry, yeah. um, and you've got to understand that. So you're you're also dealing with people's careers and their lives here. Yeah. Um, it's it's about kind yeah, of that really is true. People, a few people said that, and that came a bit natural to me to have that sort of emotional intelligence and go, you know what, I'm not going to send their CV there because it's no, not what's exactly. the point. But I think that's changing also, right? Because yeah. obviously sometimes it used to be very much, no, I'll just chuck over there. But they're, they're the people that aren't going to last long No, time. those are the people who sort of, you know, you see the six and the three months and the two months yeah, here yeah, and there yeah. um, because it just doesn't work. But it's, it's certainly become a more kind of quality-driven mm. um, industry. But saying that, I mean, if, if you look at the statistics um, last year alone, 9,000 new recruitment agencies opened up in the UK yeah, it's alone. it's crazy. It's a lot. It's crazy. Um, you know, a lot of them will just be sort of one-man bands. Yeah, they will, um, yeah. But it's a lot to compete with. And, you know, there's, mm. there's no kind of barrier to entry there. So anyone can become a recruiter. I know. But it's That's only what make, the really also makes it ones. so amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> That's why it's so big. Yeah. Um, but it's only the really good ones and the ones that do it right that will be successful. And, and those companies will eventually yeah, yeah. build those brands that are successful. Um, so what... What what's your relationship as an internal recruiter to agencies? So I guess sometimes you engage with rec to rex. Like, what yeah. what's the relate? Like, how do you view that relationship? Because do you think that obviously more obviously a lot of agencies have at least an internal recruiter, right? And yeah. Do you think agencies obviously they'd rather have it in house? Obviously, sure. yeah. I'm sure it costs less overall. But like, how do you see that evolving? Do you see agencies um, really doubling down on internal? Or I don't know what what's your relationship with agencies and how do you view that coming from the agency side yeah i mean i agree um a lot of companies have started um setting up internal functions yeah. um but i still think there's a place for rector rex um mm. you know we we certainly um we work with two um, yeah. i work very closely with them i make sure they understand the brand the culture who yeah, we yeah. are what we look for um i definitely think there's a place for them um you know for example i'm the only person in talent acquisition mm. within the business um 
you know, when I'm doing other things, at least they can keep an eye on talent yeah, that you know I can't. Still doing exactly. the legwork, yeah. Um, I definitely think there's a place for them. Um, you know, they are you know very well positioned in terms of representing your brand. Mm. Um, they're constantly talking about your company um, to prospective candidates that might not join you now, but they might join you, yeah, you know, yeah. two, three, four years down the line. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think there's a place for them, and, and certainly the ones we work. Um, you know, we've got a really good relationship good. with them. I think it's about getting that balance right and not relying on them yeah, too much. For sure. Yeah, because look, I think. It's great that, and I think that's great. You've built a really good relationship, but at the same time, it's like how many other companies are they speaking greatly about? Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Yeah, that, that's, exactly. Obviously, really, ideally, every recruitment agency wants to have the attention of the person they want come directly to them, right? Sure. Cause it costs, yeah. Cost less. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, question then: um, How how many? Um, what's the split in your agency of females to males? So. It's probably more male than okay. female. Um, it's something that we, we've been working on over the, the last year. So um, we did sort of a diversity um, and inclusion assessment over the, the last year. Nice. And, and we've looked at um, not even just the people who work for us, but also our applications. Um, you know, how many males versus females we've yeah, interviewed nice. to, how many actually then yeah. went through the process. So it's something that um, we're quite keen on um, yeah, developing yeah. we've also signed up to women in recruitment and mm. um, so we attend a lot of their events and um, you know and we we sort of broadcast uh, i think it's the same as what the construction industry is trying to do you know getting yeah, more females say, into you, the obviously industry obviously that must be a factor right the yeah. sector that you're recruiting because yeah i think look as soon as you say the word construction i'm thinking muddy boots i'm thinking the guy yeah. on this site obviously that that might be bad of me but that, that's, yeah. what, that's <laughs> what i think being the nice warm office in the, on a on a cold day that's what i think straight away but obviously not all that I know no, there's so much not, more to yeah, it but yeah. obviously it's very easy to be like like obviously as a female I can imagine yeah that might be a bit daunting to speak to but obviously there's so much more to it than that but do you think yeah. that's a factor maybe that um, I don't think so much was there a lot um, of females obviously you recruited in a construct was there was you did you have a lot of female consultant colleagues or was it do you know, I never have, not in one really? single business I've ever worked you I've was had... the only always the only yeah wow um, how did you find that then well, certainly my, my previous company, I, I was literally the only female in really? an office of about 20. That's crazy. Um, it's, it's challenging because you have to find a balance between, I suppose, keeping to your own morals yeah. and, and what you believe and, <laughs> and kind of adapting with also sort of the, the boys in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there's a fine line. Um, but, I, you know, I think all the companies I've, I've been in have been fantastic in terms of that. Um, you know, they yes, there's always banter on the floor, yeah, but they yeah. kind of know... Where the line well, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think every business is conscious of the fact that they are still very... Well, most businesses are still very male-driven yeah, in the recruitment yeah, yeah. industry. Do you think that'll change? I think it will. I've definitely seen it um, change. There's this... I mean, even from a, a sort of internal point of view, there's a lot more females that even apply yeah, to good. go into the industry. I think, I think it's also got to start from like what you're doing, which is great. It's starting, obviously planting the seed earlier to yeah. to females and, and girls who don't even know recruitment's a career, right? No, exactly. Um, because, yeah, I get it. But, I mean, again, why, how the whole women in recruitment thing came about, I was like, shit, like, I've had loads of guys in here. I don't know how, <laughs> why that happened. And then I was like, okay, right, I need to change that. Because the agency I worked in, there was only um, eight of us when I started and then it grew. But all the top billers in, in the agency I worked with were, were female and I, they were phenomenal. Like, yeah. I learned so much from them. And yeah. So I was like, right, okay, I need I need to take action on that. So I guess it is a challenge that it's always, obviously across a lot of industries, isn't there? Um, the whole diversity yeah. piece. But I think, I think it will change. I think there's enough 
and brilliant uh, women in recruitment to to make a lot of noise about it yeah, and how it changed exactly. their lives. Yeah, and all there's that. a lot of success stories there. Yeah, um, cool. So what what's um, few things actually before we sort of wrap up? Talk to me about your um, talk to me about your your lowest low in recruitment in your in your career. And well, you can tell me your your biggest high. Uh, as well what what have you gone through that's been difficult um i think the lowest low uh was losing about 60 grand's worth of deals in a week oh i think oh. that was my absolute oh, lowest low ever um and you know i've before I sort of left the industry, I went over it in my head millions of times. I thought, what could I have done differently? You know, surely I've missed a step or something. Yeah. Just quickly, um, you guys, that, that is the question you want to ask, right? A lot of people <laughs> default, fucking camp day, yeah. fucking client. <laughs> oh, my God. Never speaking to him again. Yeah. But 60 grand and you're asking yourself that question. That That is what you need to be. That's what I had yeah. to learn the hard way. But, yeah, great. So you asked yourself, what did you? What was the conclusion? Yeah, and I, I just, um, and I went through every single placement. Well, potential placement yeah. I thought you know what went wrong here and and actually um there was always a little something that I could have nice. done better you know I one of them I remember um you know the the candidate sort of was he was perfect and you know he had the contract in his hand and he was saying all the right things yeah. but in my mind always from speaking to him over weeks and weeks there was always a niggling feeling that, that something feeling. wasn't that right feeling? And I should have asked the questions then that I, I wanted to ask, but I never did. Yeah. Um, so look, I've said this a few times now, and um, maybe you've heard this advice and give it now. Um, but it is such good advice. And I, I went, so I really took this on board. It really helped me a lot. And it applies to that. It's with candidates, even with clients, like ask the questions you don't want to hear the yeah. answer to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How good is to. that? You, that, that you know, when you've got that gut feeling like, oh, I'm not sure he's going to take this. You have to ask a question yeah. because you'd rather find out then than put 60 grand on the fee board and then walk back up there a week yeah. later with the, the yeah. board marker in your hand and rub it off. There's nothing <laughs> worse. There's nothing worse. That was the lowest. That so was the no, lowest. There's nothing worse. Um, <laughs> talk to me about a high then. What? Um, I think my the, the, the sort of most proud moment I ever had was actually um, an, an international placement I made um, where I took a guy who lived in Thailand okay. and I placed him with a contractor in South Korea. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a 20 grand fee. Cheers. And I had never once met the candidate, never once <laughs> met the client. It was all done just through mm. phone. Yeah. Um, and that I thought you were going to say email then. I was going to go, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be uh, recruitment. Um, but no, that, that for me was extremely was a candidate good. like over the moon as well was he yeah like, oh he, he was you know really happy yeah, it was a fantastic yeah. job um but just and that's i think the the moment i realized i was very good at relationships yeah um because you know engineering a deal of that size it was also Amazing. the highest fee that anyone in the business has ever Love made um, so that for me was a, a, a very i always find high. that interesting because i i worked in recruitment for uh, two and a half years and i I'm, i met the majority of the candidates and met majority of the clients that just baffles me that like closing a 20 grand deal through the phone someone from thailand to south korea like yeah what like you have to you have to almost become these people's best friends yeah you, know, you have to know everything about their lives you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. really be interested yeah. to make something like I that feel work. Like you can only know like i don't know you can only gauge i know you can you do get those gut feelings and like thoughts when you speak to someone on the phone but I feel like that only goes so far with the phone yeah no it, of course any relationship only goes that far yeah. over the phone um, I was just I don't know <laughs> I just convinced him great yeah love it <laughs> yeah. Um, so look before we wrap up I always ask this question to everyone who comes on 
So you can answer this question with one word or a sentence, uh, whatever. So um, basically, so if you could communicate to every single recruiter out there, they'd listen to a vet, they'd take your advice, they'd implement it tomorrow, um, what would you say? I would probably say um, be focused in terms of, of what you're, you're doing. Um, mm -hmm. Be humble, um, you know, make a difference in, in the industry and, and just have fun. Yeah. You know, recruitment is bloody hard on a good day. Oh, for sure. Um, yes, you can earn a lot of money out of it, but if you don't enjoy it, it's just going to make it even worse. So yeah. I would just say have fun, be humble um, and be, be honest with even just with yourself and yeah, the people yeah. you're dealing with. Love that, love that. So um, before I let you go, what what's going on in your world, Dan? What, what are you excited about? You got any more um, um, campus stuff coming up or what, what's going on in your world? Um, yes, yeah, so we're actually just putting together our plan for, for next year. Um, you know, our, our passion is our people. Um, yep. So we're, we're sort of putting together um, what we're doing on campus, but also um, putting together a couple of networking events for people who... Um, I'm not quite sure whether they want to go into recruitment, but they also don't want to do a formal interview to figure that out. Um, so maybe they just want to mingle and have a chat. So we're setting up a few of those types of events. Um, and also, you know, we, we've got um, a lot of exciting growth plans in, in the pipeline, um, you know, looking at international um, sort of offices mm. and um, you know we always in every relationship we, we develop we, we sort of approach it with a, a, a long term viewpoint yeah. so um, that's kind of the, the next year focus for us um, and, and just developing London even more um, and getting Same. even more people in nice. um, but yeah certainly the, the biggest part is going to be our, um, our entry level talent for, for next nice. year love that well look Yvette it's been an absolute pleasure thanks for having thanks me thanks for sharing your story and uh, thanks for coming on thanks a lot <laughs>